Hello, everybody. Welcome back. So I'm not sure how this is all going to go, but I'm going to plan little bits and pieces here and there. And I want to start by just saying I hope you're doing awesome wherever you are in the world or the few of you who might listen to this podcast. Uh, I have a bunch of wonderful things happening and I hope that there are wonderful things happening for you. Life is not easy for anyone, for any human being. We are reincarnated and choose to reincarnate to learn valuable lessons with each other and individually. And that is a fact. I was just listening to Eckhart Tolle last night and his voice and his teachings and just his ideas are just so wonderful. And he had a scientist on uh, his one of his retreats uh, on stage talking with a bunch of people and I'll play a clip of that later but the gist is is that this scientist was saying that you know quantum physics is real and yet just got started around 1900 and the scientists still to this day 122 years later don't know what to do with it sometimes because it really flies in the face of Newtonian physics. And the thing is, is that they both exist. They coexist. So here's the thing. And I'm saying this with complete gratitude and and as much humility as possible. What I am learning in my 46 plus years on this earth now, a lot, I'm learning a lot, Um, especially when you walk through graduate school programs in philosophy and psychology and you know have psi abilities and try to work on the logic of all of that and you know where you have one group saying you're not reading enough there's another group saying you should be reading something different there's another group who knows that reading is hard for me There's another group of underground hackers who are sending you 500 email messages a week and you're reading those. And so there's this whole reading thing that's very interesting that followed me in this life where reading is very difficult for me, although when adrenaline is pumping, it is much easier. They should do more studies on that. (laughs) Um, But I have trouble pronouncing words. Uh, It makes reading very difficult, laborious and often boring regardless of the ideas being read Um, but I still do it every single day I am still learning more in whatever I'm studying at the time every single day one way or another whether there are experiments being done on me that I can't control I'm still aware of them and I'm learning from those whether I'm sitting here reading a book I'm learning from that whether there are people trying to teach me one thing or another I'm learning from that Uh, from my spirit teams (laughs) I'm learning from them and so the learning never ends for all of us and we will choose to reincarnate if we have more to learn with going back to Eckhart Tolle and the scientists he had um, to speak about quantum physics it's just so interesting these these systems that coexist and it's interesting also to think about how quantum physics is hardly a system 
And yet we still naturally, understandably, and often biologically, logically try to systematize things and understand things. But we are not just biological. And that has now been proven over and over and over again. I often reference Dean Radin's book, Entangled Minds, as a great way to get a handle on some of the history of Psy and how long it's been around and also how much we know about it already today now and how much of it's been studied. But you have groups of individuals who coexist, who it just, the logic doesn't work for them or and or they free will choose not to, to care about that or pay attention to Psy and that's okay. That's their journey. That's their free will, right? Um, and so you have this situation though, where we have these systems coexisting that do not logically make sense to, to both be real at the same time. And yet that's what we're used to studying in philosophy. That's what I've been trained. Um, you know, when you're sitting there comparing, uh, Hegel's logic with Spinoza's ethics, with Aristotle's physics, with... Leibniz with when you're Deleuze when you're sitting there comparing these systems together at the same time as best you can anyway um you you learn how they coexist and yet can't coexist so you're trained that way to think through the nature of reality with competing systems and the word competing is always problematic to me but we're it's the same kind of idea with psi abilities and with psi phenomena and with the study and science of psi psi um, because those kinds of supernormal abilities supernatural abilities however you want to label them uh, it's hard for folks to wrap their minds around uh, what it all you know the what I've learned is that existentially speaking it seems that that it's hard for many to wrap their minds around it because of the bi the biological response that you understand the logical consequences if this stuff is real you already understand you know human beings are smart and they already understand we already understand what the possible like glimpses of the consequences are if this stuff is correct and so sometimes many people tend to find ways to either ignore it not take it up fully say it's not real become a professional skeptic whatever it is i'll give you a good example uh, i have been witness to and experienced and had the humble honor and, and joy sublime joy of experiencing multiple seances in 2021 Seance is a dirty word for some, but physical phenomena manifestation, physical mediumship. And it's been around for a very long time, um, more than 200 years, but it's definitely been studied for 200 years. And I had the experience of witnessing, you know, talking with spirits, souls, post-human being, post-human, you know, souls from the quote-unquote other side with witnesses in the room, not a trick. Room had been inspected fully, medium had been inspected fully, you know, the whole thing. 
And there it was, spirits talking with us, spirits manifesting their bodies, showing us their bodies, floating children who had crossed over years ago, people from the Titanic, uh, grandparents of the medium, um, family members, um, you know, political figures, Native Americans, um, and all kinds of phenomena happening. The usual phenomena in those circumstances of, you know, uh, objects moving around the room uh, by the spirits with everybody witnessing. And, you know, it, whether they're in pure darkness, which I prefer and trust and is where the really strong phenomena happens, not because there's any tricks, because again, you can inspect the entire room from top to bottom. You can inspect the medium before and after the seance, etc., etc., etc. Look up Stuart Alexander's memoir uh, of his life as a physical medium if you need more evidence about how it works, including, and I said Leslie Klein, and I meant Leslie Keen in a previous podcast, but Leslie Keen, the New York Times journalist, who was also a judge on the Bix essay contest, um, wrote the epilogue for Stuart's book and is um, even doing experiments with Stuart as we speak. Um, and he is a lovely human being uh, and one of the best physical phenomena mediums to have ever lived but he would probably not say that <laughs> um but we have this happening in these physical demonstrations of physical mediumship apports things coming just falling into the room you know the room doesn't have any openings cracks windows uh you know things are not being brought into the room you in fact have to empty all of your pockets and all electronics and jewelry and everything if you were even going to go into one of these rooms and i am now practicing as a physical medium getting transfiguration photography and photos lately this year 2022 and uh so we have this happening and yet it the consequences of that logically, philosophically, psychologically, biologically, economically, politically, uh, socially, culturally, um, is, is, are profound. And I think that that's why so many scientists, otherwise brilliant, beautiful human beings, have such a hard time believing it. Um, I would say the same thing applies to my bisexuality, by the way weird connection right Mm, not if you've been experimented on for 20 years on that topic uh, which i have been and without my permission Um, but you know when you are somebody who lives in a world where you does you know date both men or people who identify as men or people who identify as women or even people who once identified as men and then identify as women or vice versa when you live in that world where those are the individuals you date and you're fluid and i would have fit well in the flower child you know flower power era of the 1960s i think um when you're just fluid and open um but have a preference right so it's similar it's a it's maybe a strange analogy to make for some but bear with me it's similar in the sense that I had a mentor who once said to me, even if this stuff is real, you know, it's a, the example was Leibniz's two clocks example um, in some of his letters with Arnaud, but 
If I had two clocks, a metaphysical clock and a physical clock, and both could be proven to be real, I would still choose the physical clock. That was his existentialist response, and I respected that. It's a, one of the best explanations I've ever heard philosophically from a philosopher, from someone I trust, and from one of my teachers for not caring about the supernatural. I completely respect that. Um, I choose to pay attention to both. I have to. I have no choice. I've had many psi abilities my whole life, uh, telepathy included. And if you think that that is not possible, if you think that that's crazy and you're having a, a response to it now in any negative way, I would just ask you to go look at the book Phenomena by the journalist Annie Jacobson, Pulitzer Prize nominee for that book in 2017. I'm still working through it. Um, it takes me a long time to work through books. I read every day of my life, but um, sometimes only a couple pages a day. But I would recommend something like that where there were lots of tests done by the US government on stuff like telekinesis and clairvoyance and telepathy and, and the like, but teleportation and, <laughs> but. I guess the only thing that I'm trying to say here is when you have a preference, um, there are two clocks, but you have a preference. I am asking for the same kind of respect. I have, you know, a preference. And I prefer to date men and always have and always will. And I also have a preference, though, to pay attention to the metaphysical, often more than the physical. Um, so in my two clocks example with the supernatural, I tend to pay attention to the metaphysical a little more. I really can't help it, as I said, because it's happening to me every day. And now, or magic is thriving. And I am grateful, so very grateful. Uh, you can read client testimonials on my website, on the Afterlife Connect profile, um, and soon with Very Soul, because there are surveys done by everyone who you work with on very soul i would go to verysoul.com and look up all the evidential mediums around the world that i've signed up i think about 500 <laughs> so this stuff is real it's here to stay and if you're wondering why you know why now i mean it's been around for a very long time and Eckhart Tolle and this clip I'm about to play for you next with the quantum physicist really does give a good summary glimpse of, of, of why we should be paying attention to some of this stuff and why people get resistant to it and what happens with skepticism and I just say try it for yourself and see right um that's what i did as with dating women and men i tried it for myself to see what my preferences were i trusted people around me about it 10 years ago 15 years ago <laughs> and i tried to see what i liked and what i didn't like and i know who i am and what i like and that's my you know first amendment right <laughs> I don't know if it's the right amendment. I do know that the right to association is in the First Amendment, but I hope that this in some way, shape, or form was interesting to you and or that you go now and forget about me, you know, and um, believe me, for 20 years now, people have been trying to crush my ego in every way, shape, and form, so 
Um, I'm very good at now keeping to myself. I just have to make a living and I want to do it doing what I love. That used to be as a philosophy professor and I did love teaching very much and enjoyed most of it, if not all of it, and miss it very much, but chose to leave. Um, I'm not going to sit around in a university where my office and home are being broken into regularly and I'm being tracked and monitored and recorded and can't do anything about it. That felt like a psychological prison and torture. So I walked away from 65K a year because of the psychological torture, really. And, but I loved the students and I loved learning and I loved what I learned from them. And, and I loved teaching because we can teach each other. And what I'm asking now is for you to go learn about all these things that are in fact real, such as physical phenomena, manifestation, mediumship, and um, I'm currently reading Unfolding Mediumship. I'm finishing this book right now, Historical, Philosophical, and Personal Perspectives, Unfolding Physical Mediumship by Suzanne, Dr. Suzanne Barnes. I'm finishing that. I'm finishing Jock Brockus's books, The Do's and Don'ts of Mediumship. And um, I'm reading the first volume of Great Moments of Modern Mediumship. There are two volumes. I'm still working through the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's The Case for Spirit Photography because there's so many good quotes in there and I'm working on a new transfiguration photography book. Um, I'm not claiming to know anything about photography. I'm taking pictures, showing them to anyone who wants to see. I have regularity with spirit photography. Um, I have yet to discover why. and continuing to learn and meditate every single day about how to be a better mental trance channel and physical medium. And I'm doing that for those who are grieving, who would like to learn more about it, who would like to talk with their loved ones who have crossed over and um, going from here. And if who would like to have some fun talking to the other side, as they say, although it's not really an other side, it's just a quantum world where they are in another dimension and can interact with our dimension on the physical plane. And it takes a lot of work, by the way, (laughs) for the spirit world to come down to our physical plane and to interact with us. And as Winston Churchill put it in a seance once last year, it would be like if I asked you to stand in a room full to the brim with thick, pudding or something similar and then asked you to speak clearly and um, with joy it would be challenging you probably could learn how to do it (laughs) if you wanted to but it would be a challenge nonetheless I have heard and seen and witnessed that they have pure joy coming through for us to talk with us to show us the bridge between worlds to show us that life goes on after death and to talk to us about anything we'd like to ask them. So open your mind, open your heart, um, and I will be over here meditating each day, reading each day, doing the good work each day that I can, and continuing to learn more about being a medium and helping others. I love you. May seem strange to say, but it's true. 
And I wish you all happiness, joy, beauty, health, abundance, Abraham Hicks, vortex style abundance to infinity and beyond. Okay, so here's the clip from Eckhart Tolle. It was recorded or at least uploaded to YouTube and probably recorded around the same time of um, July 2020. So not that long ago and right in the midst of the pandemic. Um, It's called Universal Interconnectedness, Science and Spirituality. The guest is the scientist Lothar Schaefer. And I'm just going to play a few minutes from it. You can look it up on YouTube and also at my website, drchris1111.com and uh, Orb Magic. I have a lot of resources. I have a resource page for very credible resources regarding mediumship, quantum physics, uh, you know, consciousness research, uh, orbs, photography, spirit photography, all of it. But um, before I press play for this few minutes, a very short clip, a couple of minutes, I just want to read a quote to what I was kind of trying to get at in that last segment of this episode of Orb Magic, the podcast. Um, This is a quote by Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes, in the book The Case for Spirit Photography. And he writes... It was one of those numerous instances when it is not the medium, but the investigators who should really be exposed. My experience is that this is the case far more frequently than the public can realize, and that it is amazing how men of honor can turn and twist the facts when they deal with this subject. And the subject, end quote, is that he's talking about his spirit photography and mediumship and the reality of it. A well-known quote-unquote exposer assured a friend of mine that he would think nothing of putting muslin in a medium's pocket at a seance if he was sure that he could thereby secure a conviction, end quote. Uh, So, I mean, it's really clear that even Arthur Conan Doyle in his spirit photography book is saying that he has met people, investigators, otherwise honorable men, and women who would cheat if they could get a conviction in court of a medium, of a seance medium, and would set them up, Um, which, you know, utterly fascinating and also horrific. If you are truly interested philosophically, scientifically, and otherwise in reality, in the truth, in trying to discover if life after death is real or not for yourself, then you should be doing it as transparently, openly, honestly, and lovingly as possible. And that will always be my opinion about it. So, to Dr. Schaefer and Eckhart Tolle, and uh, I'll see you next time. You know, it doesn't sound likely, but I didn't know of you. Well, you know, you hear names and so on, but I didn't know of you. And uh, now I've nearly read all of your books. And I'm thinking, how, 
how does it happen? I mean, you have written things, and I can say before me, that I've written, but I didn't copy them. <laughs> um, you get the strong feeling of a connectedness. Yes. And none that is under our control, but there is a, a mental background, a spiritual background, and if you open your mind, you have to open your mind, then you can be connected. And then also you can be connected with different minds and so on. Um, this, <clears throat> this is in a way not classical science because classical science was materialism. And still is, this is materialism, right? Yeah, the classical science, the classical, no, classical okay. science in a way has been found to be insufficient, but uh, most scientists still are classical. Yes. They don't like the change. Yes. Um, so despite <clears throat> all these discoveries in quantum, quantum physics, the mainstream science is really still, the philosophical foundation is the classical science. Yes, uh, the business is yes. still... <laughs> so, um, you see, in the beginning, um, Newton, he said, God in the beginning formed matter in solid, massy, hard, impenetrable particles. So very hard as never to wear or break in pieces. Nature is lasting. It, it's materialism. The early French um, scientists, they said, there are two kinds of stuff. Extended stuff and thinking stuff. But it had to be stuff. And it was, of course, um, it was, of course, a progress compared to to the terrible things that happened in, in the spiritual world before that. It was a liberation. Mm -hmm. And it also led to development, led to technology, all the things we have. I mean, they developed within this framework up to 1900. And then was the beginning of quantum physics. And quantum physics is a kind of idealism. It says that there is a part of the world that we cannot see, but it is real. But um, before that happened, physics became so successful, then it, it entered biology. And um, in the theory of evolution, you know, having or not having stuff is the essence of life. If you don't get it, somebody else gets it. If he gets it, he eats you. No, you get it, you eat him. And it has often been said, but I think it is wrong, science has nothing to do with ethics. No, if this is what the world is like, then having or not having stuff and being aggressive is what you should be. That's a virtue. Somebody is a kind person, Forget about him. He'll already be, yes. be toast before he knows. Survival, <laughs> survival of the fittest. Survival which is of the, the fittest. Uh, and that becomes uh, an underlying assumption, a uh, philosophical assumption that spreads. And right. even people who know very little about Darwin or, or his, his theory, they st it, it seeps, seeps into everybody's mind 
and as a, uh, on the, the substratum of their minds, there is that that mindset, that philosophy, um, and uh, to that in a way is still prevalent. Now. And and it is what we teach our children. It is what we teach in schools. Um, quantum physics says it is wrong. Why do we not teach quantum physics in high school? Bingo. Uh, I don't know that it is conscious, but unconsciously, we don't want our children to know this. We want them to become good, good consumers, not, not spiritual minds. It is it's bad for business. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, quantum physics, quantum theory, also the you know extension to chemistry, quantum chemistry, is a sort of idealism because it says that the basis of the world is not things, but its forms, non-material forms. If you invisible atoms as science has done pursue the nature of things of matter to the foundation then all of a sudden you end up with elementary particles molecules electrons and so on and then all of a sudden something happens when such these things are particles they have a certain mass and so on it is constant but when they are on their own, like in a vacuum, they're never completely alone, but in a vacuum, there are very, there are much fewer interactions. When they do not interact, when you have an electron and it doesn't interact, it vanishes, it becomes a wave. That wave is extended in space. You can't see it. The thing leaves the empirical world. The wave doesn't have units of matter or energy. It's just a form. It's a pattern of information. Out of this form, the particle can jump out again. Uh, I'm not sure physicists know exactly where it gets the mass, maybe a Higgs field, or it, and it doesn't matter. We can Intention. Think that all material particles, all things are made of particles, all these particles, came into existence like this. So the entire visible world is an emanation out of a realm of forms, ultimately. The forms have no units of mass or energy. They're just information. They're, we don't see them. They appear to us as waves. So maybe we can think it's like an ocean. They're wave-like. But we don't really see, and that is also important because it says there is a part of the world that is non-empirical. We cannot see it. Science cannot say anything about it. You don't know how mad scientists can get when I say something like that. <laughs> that guy, that, it's, it's like, like a traitor. Yes. <laughs> Because what does it say? It says there is a part of reality where science cannot enter. Science can deal with the empirical world and it 
And linguists too. Then there is a part, the visible comes out of the non-visible. We can only guess or have like blessed person like you have an inspiration. We can say it probably consists of something that we have to call forms. Maybe that. And not just in the Platonic sense for those who know Plato's forms. It goes way before Plato. This all goes and is in the literature way before Plato, but we do still love um, our Plato. Waves, and when there are waves, you think they're hanging together like waves in an ocean. It means the, the hidden reality is a wholeness. The forms are patterns of information, so you can think if there is information. Normally, information is meant for mind. Does it mean there's a cosmic mind? Could the f- <clears throat> would the would you compare what you call the forms to what in the human beings? Also, something that you cannot see: thoughts. Correct. Are those the thoughts? There it is. Those forms. Now you can start thinking. Um, I've sometimes said this way. In 1900, before the beginning of quantum physics, the age of classical physics, you could not believe in science, have a religious faith, and be logically consistent. At that age, it, it was stupid to believe in something. Now, I don't want to say it is not reasonable not to have a spiritual faith, but you can believe in science, in the order of the world, and have a spiritual conviction, and it is logically consistent. And there you have it. So that's just a little bit of Eckhart Tolle and Dr. Luther Schaefer, and I wanted to send more love. I'm going to set my intentions to send as much love as possible every day, even when I'm being bombarded with other people's opinions, methods, ideas, interpretations, theories, tactics, uh, you know, isolation, ways, whatever it is, I'm just going to keep intending love and understanding about truth, beauty, and goodness from the greater reality.